Welcome to Women Wanting Women, where we explore topics that matter to women like us. We talk about being a woman, attracting women, and becoming more powerful women by developing more self-confidence and always reaching for the next level in our self-actualization. I'm your hostess, lesbian love coach, Jordana Michelle. And if you're interested in finally finding the woman of your dreams, so you could be best friends who learn and grow together and share dreams together and have adventures together and share passionate intimacy together, then also check out my website, womenwantingwomen.com, because it's packed with free resources that can help you, including my guide to quickly and easily eliminating rejection from your life, a how-to guide for finding your lesbian soulmate, a quiz to find out what qualities the woman of your dreams will find most attractive about you when you meet her, a report that explains the three biggest mistakes most women make when coming out and how to avoid them, and a matchmaking survey you could fill out in case I already know the woman of your dreams. All of that is free at womenwantingwomen.com. But before we go any further, I have a question. Who taught you about hooking up and sex when you were younger? For me, I learned everything in sleepaway camp. The older girls would come into our bunk and we'd gather together in a circle and they'd tell us stories about their sexual experiences with boys and they'd teach us what to do and how to do it. I always felt like I knew what to do with guys and what I didn't learn from my older friends, I was able to pick up from movies and TV shows. Attracting men was kind of easy for me, even though I was never able to find the love and connection I wanted when I was dating them. But when I started dating women, I had the exact opposite experience. Figuring out how to attract the women I desired was one of the biggest challenges I ever faced. When I first came out, I was so frustrated. For once, I had finally felt the desire and connection that I could never find with men. But instead of being able to satisfy that desire, I honestly had no idea what to do to get those women to want me back and I had nobody I could trust to ask for advice. My straight friends were no help, my gay guy friends were no help, and even my lesbian friends were no help because half of them were just as bad at attracting women as I was, while the other half secretly wanted either me or the person I was going for, and so they couldn't even be trusted in the first place. Eventually, I started reading books and listening to online classes and watching videos about dating and love and relationships, but even though it was all super interesting, everything I found was created by and for straight people. So none of those resources ever answered the specific questions or addressed the specific challenges that I, as a lesbian, was facing as I was trying to meet and attract and date other women. I struggled a lot, but eventually, through a massive amount of research and writing and trial and error and broken hearts and self-reflection, I was able to figure out what works for attracting women as a woman. And I've been teaching what I know to lesbians ever since. And that's why I'm here, because when I went looking for answers, I only found answers being created by straight people. And our community deserves to have an expert queer female perspective talking about dating and love and relationships and how to be our happiest, best selves while living up to our full potential. And so that's why I created Women Wanting Women. And word is spreading fast because the number of women who are finding the podcast is expanding each month. And it's been an amazing journey for me. And I'm so grateful to you for being a part of it. But I also want you to know that if you're struggling, either with coming out or with finding love, then I have something even better than the podcast that can help you. 
I have an online program called Come Out Confidently that teaches queer women how to use the experience of coming out as a massive opportunity for becoming more personally powerful in life. Since coming out forces us all the way outside of our comfort and safety zones, we can actually use that disruption as a kind of ninja training to become far more badass in all areas of our life. Come Out Confidently teaches you the steps for how to do that, and you can learn more at comeoutconfidently.com. My other online program, Magnetic Attraction for Lesbians, teaches all about what women in particular are attracted to and how we, as women, can tap into and harness different powers of attraction to make other women desire us more. That program is probably my favorite thing I've ever created, and you can learn more about it at magneticattractionforlesbians.com. Also, Do you ever get frustrated dating women and wish you had someone you could just call who could give you all the answers? Well, I offer individual coaching, and there's nothing I love more than connecting with women like you who find me through this podcast or through my YouTube channel, and I'm a kick-ass coach, and I can literally change your life in just one call. So go to womenwantingwomen.com forward slash coaching to learn more and to apply. Another way you can get your personal questions answered by me is if you comment on my blog or on my YouTube channel or if you follow me on Instagram at Jordana.Michelle or Facebook at Women Wanting Women. And that's also a great way to become more visible to the other amazing women who are part of this community. And truly, the coolest part about Women Wanting Women is the community of listeners who are listening in. I can say firsthand, since I've spoken to so many of you individually, This is a community of some seriously smart, deep, sensitive, and totally badass queer women. I love knowing you, and I know you will all love to know each other. So follow me on Instagram at Jordana.Michelle and on Facebook at Women Wanting Women, and let's all get connected. But in the meantime, even though every other episode of this podcast has been me interviewing other people, for this 25th episode of Women Wanting Women, I decided to turn it around and answer audience questions myself instead. So I pick three of the most frequently asked questions that I get emailed and I answer them here. Those three questions are, what can we do when we keep falling for straight women? How can we find love when we live in a small town and there are no single lesbians we're attracted to here? And how do we read the signals to know if someone is feeling the same way we're feeling? So let's start with the first one. What do we do when we keep falling for straight women? Well, I think the problem starts with the method that people are using to find love. It seems to me that people who continually fall for straight women use a method of looking for women they're attracted to, like looking for hot, attractive women, and then trying to look for evidence that maybe that person is really gay. And if it turns out that she's even a little bit into women, it's like you try and get her to be as into women as possible so she'll stay with you. And this just seems to me like a terrible strategy for finding love. It it seems like a really hard strategy because it comes with so many built-in extras, like extra frustration and extra uncertainty and especially extra instability for the underlying relationship once you finally get someone like that. You know, I don't understand why anyone would want to be with someone who isn't super into women because for me, it's not hot not to be desired. It's hot when I think about a woman wanting me back not a woman running away from me. I would never want to have to chase someone. There's nothing sexy about someone who doesn't want us. There's nothing sexy about someone feeling overwhelmed by us or running away from us. I don't understand why anyone would want to start 
by picking a woman you have to chase so much. It's such a better strategy to start instead by picking women who think that we are hot. And so why don't women do this? Why fall for straight women? Why is it that people aren't picking women who want them? Well, usually when this happens, when someone repeatedly falls for straight women or women they can't have, it's because of an underlying belief that there won't be a lesbian that they're attracted to. It's because of an underlying belief that there won't be someone who they think is hot who will also think that they're hot, right? Um, but this is bullshit. This is, a, this is a scarcity mentality. The idea that there won't be a lesbian who you think is hot, who wants you back, that's just, that's just a lie you're telling yourself. You know, of course there are lesbians you'd be attracted to. Hot lesbians are everywhere. And if you don't believe that hot lesbians are everywhere, then that's the problem. The lack of belief and bad attitude are the things that block us. It's not an actual lack of hot lesbians out there. And I'm sorry to be harsh, but that's the truth. There's nothing true about the fact that there won't be a real lesbian who wants you back. If you're walking around telling yourself that you're not attracted to lesbians, it means that you're walking around lying to yourself. And that lie is causing a lot of pain because you're focusing on women that aren't wired to be able to give you what you want. It's so much better to start with someone who just in her bones thinks you're hot. And to tell yourself that that doesn't exist in someone that you want back, that's a lie you're telling yourself. And it's causing a lot of harm to your life. It's just not a good lot. It's not a good, it's just not a good thing to tell ourselves. We should always remind ourselves instead the truth, which is that hot lesbians are everywhere. Another reason why women repeatedly end up falling for straight women is sort of like refusing to identify with other lesbians and queer women. I hear this all the time. I hear queer women always tell me like, well, I don't like other lesbians. I don't like the gay female community. But that's also bullshit because the quote unquote gay female community is as diverse as earth itself. Because queer women, we come from all walks of life. We come from every flavor, every dimension, every shape and size and form imaginable under the sun. We're, there, queer women are everywhere. We're, we're, there's no like one place where queer women come from. All over the world, people find out we're queer. So it's every culture, it's every flavor, it's, every, it's everything. There is no quote unquote gay female community as if that's one thing. There's nothing, there's, we literally are as diverse as the population of humans. And so anyone who feels like they don't like the gay female community, that's someone who just hasn't found deep, meaningful friendships yet with women in our community that we can, that you, we can connect and relate to who are also queer. It's not that people that you can relate to don't exist. It's just that you haven't found your tribe yet if you feel this way. If your belief is that I don't like other lesbians, it just means that you haven't found the lesbians that you do like. Now, for me, it took me literally almost a decade to truly find my tribe, and I'm a master networker. I really am good at meeting people and making friends. So the, the bottom line is don't give up. If you haven't found your tribe, just keep trying to find wonderful people. But definitely don't turn the fact that you don't yet have your tribe into some kind of underlying belief that there's something inherently wrong with queer female women, queer female humans, because that belief is toxic and it's not true. And that can mess with our judgment, right? That could be one of the major causes of chasing straight women um, because you feel like there's just no lesbians you can relate to. And again, that's a terrible strategy for finding love. So if you're someone who keeps on falling for straight women, then maybe um, there are one of the first things you need to do is just make sure you don't have any underlying beliefs that are blocking you from falling in love with lesbians that can make you every bit as happy and every bit as turned on and every bit as satisfied as these straight women 
uh, who you, who we fall for, especially because those straight women can't satisfy us and can't give us the love that we deserve. Um, that's why we're calling them straight. So, um, I would say for anyone who's struggling with this, there are a few lists that are really important to make. I'm really into making lists. Whenever I get stuck on something in life, it probably means that I'm operating on some sort of false belief or false information, or there's some way that I'm seeing the world that's really not working for me. So whenever I find that I'm not getting optimal results in my life, I like to make lists. So the three lists I would suggest for anyone in this situation, or actually anyone can make these lists, they're, they're pretty good questions, um, are the following questions. What do I believe about lesbians? What do I hate about lesbians? And what do I dislike about myself? I think that, um, and, now, and by the way, when I make a list, here's what I do. I just, I ask a question. I put it on the top of a piece of paper. And, in, and I give myself a few minutes to sort of um, make, you know, write some stuff down. But I never expect that a list can be made in one try. I always expect that it's going to take me um, days to let, to sort of let, answers trickle down and unfold and and like kind of come at me over time so what I do is I I let I let that piece of paper sort of sit either in my journal or on my desk for a few days and every you know every you know every day or so I'll like look back and see if I can list a few more or during the day I'll think about the question and see if anything else comes up so write down those three questions uh, in, in three separate lists and give yourself a few minutes to fill it out but I would say most of the time when we ask ourselves an important question like this the answers don't come to us just in one sitting. What we need to do is let the list sort of sit there for a few days and then every, you know, every few hours or every few days just kind of go back and look it over and see if we can add anything to the list. And then over, over time, over a few days, new things start to unfold and, and it kind of comes together in a, in a cool group of ideas. And then what we can do is after that, once we have those lists, look back and see of all those beliefs, what do I believe about lesbians, what do I hate about lesbians, and what do I dislike about myself, that those lists contain, belie- contain beliefs about how we see the world and how we think about the world. And you'll see that some of them are negative and some of them might color the world in a way that really doesn't serve us. And what we have to do is just recognize objectively that just because we believe something doesn't mean that it's true. Just recognize that that objectively negative beliefs uh, hold us back and they may not be true, even though we think they're true. Uh, They're not true and they're not serving us. So there's no sense in, in continuing to tell ourselves those things. There's also a few things I want to say about the straight girls that we fall for. The more we think about a woman, the more we get wrapped up in wanting her. And the more we get wrapped up in wanting her, the more invested we become. And once we give something a lot of time, it rises in importance. Because if it wasn't so important, we wouldn't give it so much time. So even when we're focusing on a woman who would be bad for us, the fact that we're focusing on her in the first place becomes self-reinforcing and we get more and more invested and obsessed the more we put our attention on her simply because of the fact that we're putting our attention on her. So it's really bad for us. And the important thing to realize about that is we have total choice over our thoughts. No thought can remain in our mind that we're not choosing. We have total power at all times to pick a better thought. It's just a matter of having the discipline and the self-control to do what needs to be done to keep ourselves in the right mind frames. So that's my thoughts about falling for straight women. The second frequently asked question that I'm going to answer here is, how can we find love when we live in a small town and there are no single lesbians that we're attracted to here? So what I have to say about this is we can't make the place that we live any bigger but we can make ourselves and our lives bigger. 
I don't remember the exact quote, but I've heard people say that luck isn't really about luck. It's about being ready to take advantage of opportunities because we can be handed every lucky break on earth, but if we're not in a place in our life where we can capitalize on opportunities or take advantage of opportunities or make something happen when an opportunity comes our way, then luck is kind of irrelevant. And at the same time, we can be super unlucky But if we get really ambitious and if we prepare ourselves really well to take advantage of any opening that comes our way, then we can still have big breakthroughs when when openings do happen. And so there are lots of different things that we can do around that. So the the first way we can create amazing opportunities for ourselves is with networking. Because let's just say a hot new lesbian does move to your town, you want to be the one queer woman that everyone loves the most and that everyone thinks of so that when this new lesbian gets there, people tell her about you right away and you, you, know, you get to meet her first. Um, life isn't just about who you know or you knowing other people, but it's really about other people knowing you and thinking about you and, and thinking about you uh, as being a person who's been generous with your heart with them and who's been good to them and who's, been, um, who's really seen them in their humanity. People love to be seen and people love to know that that you care about them as a human being or that you honor their humanity. And so um, networking is really important. It, like I said, it's really not just about people, uh, about you knowing other people, but it's about other people knowing and thinking of you and really knowing how to make, make friends, but also knowing how to be a friend. Those things are really important and can't be under, under, undervalued, especially in a small town um, that becomes so important. Another thing we can think about when we talk about making ourselves bigger and our lives bigger, even if we can't make the place where we live any bigger, is creating value and being a person who solves problems in the world and approaching, and approaching life with curiosity and ambition. Because when we do important things, our impact, the impact of what we do can reach far beyond the people who know us. People talk about us, you know, we get known and you want to be known for being a person that's creating value, that's valuable to others. Um, When we create breakthroughs in the world, people hear about us outside of our small circles and our small towns. So another way that you can make your life bigger beyond your small city is just being someone that's super valuable and who's looking to solve problems for others in the world. Another thing when it comes to making our lives bigger and making ourselves bigger is um, the way that we approach decisions in life. Because the default for when we're making decisions about what we're going to do in our life, about what what approach we're going to take in life, the default is to look around at what's available. The default way that we make decisions usually is we look around at our life and we see um, where we are, what resources we have, who we know. Let's say we want a new job. We think, all right, what skills do I have? Who am I already connected to? Who do I know who, um, who, who, who's in, I don't know, who, has, who owns companies that might be able to hire us, right? We think about the resources that we have right in front of us. But there's a totally other way of making decisions in life, and that's called idealized design. And when we're doing what's called idealized design, I don't remember who created this, but I learned about it from a a teacher that I love named Eben Pagan, but I know he got it from someone else. But um, when when we're doing idealized design, what we do is we imagine like a fantasy situation. We just ignore all the constraints. Instead of looking at what resources we have available to us, we forget that. We just say, let's just say we had every imaginable resource on earth available to us? What if we had every door open to us? What if we can have anything we wanted on earth? What would be the most unbelievable fantasy situation for our lives? And then 
once we have that mapped out and we see what that's about and we really look at it from every angle, like what it looks like, feels like, smells like, how we got, you know, what, what it's like, what all the details of it are, um, then we work backwards and we say, okay, let's say that's where we are. What was the thing that had to have happened right before that? in order for us to, you know, in order for that next step to happen. Then you look to the step before that and say, okay, in order for that step to have happened, what would have been the step right before that? And then you think, okay, now let's say that step happened. What was the step right before that allowed that step to happen, that allowed that next one to next one to get to the end? And then you basically work backwards down to the point where um, you get to these really easy steps that you can maybe start taking right now. And so, and, and when we approach life from an idealized design perspective, then we might start making decisions that aren't about what we have right in front of us, but about, about things that we might never have thought to do because we weren't thinking from an idealized outcome in mind. So it's a really powerful way of making decisions and taking next steps is by working with an idealized design model as opposed to just looking at the resources we have available that we can see right now. And again, all of this just ties back to the idea that we can't necessarily make the place where we live bigger, but we can make ourselves bigger and our lives bigger. And of course, using an idealized design approach is a great way to think about how to do that. But when it comes to living in a small town, I just want to make a note of the difference between when something is truly impossible versus when we're just making excuses in life. And, um, you know, some people, you know, live where we live, like, let's just say we're, we're in a small town and we can't find love and there's no lesbians around and we're truly struggling and, you know, there's nothing more that we want more than finding love. We always say, oh, I can't find it. I'm just because I'm in this small town. So, you know, some people truly are stuck in small towns, whether it's due to a disability or a family member with a disability or, you know, there's so many deeply complicated situations that keep us tethered to the places where we live in life. Um, And there are definitely so many people who have no choice but to remain living wherever it is that they're living, even if it's a small town, um, even if they're queer and can't find love there. I mean, that's just, you know, and so, and in that situation, don't worry about it. We can make our lives bigger, just like I'm saying. But a lot of us live where we live and do what we do simply because change is hard. And getting out of our comfort zones and out of our safety zones is really hard. And so that's oftentimes why we stay where we stay. So, so often in life, instead of facing our fears and living with discomfort and uncertainty and getting out of our safety zones and getting out of our comfort zones, we just kind of make excuses for not doing it. And it's actually our subconscious mind because our subconscious always wants to try and keep us out of danger. So we might not even be aware when we're making excuses. Um, I don't know if you've ever heard of the term self-deception, but a lot of times when we make excuses, we're not even aware that we're kind of bullshitting ourselves and keeping ourselves small. We might really believe the excuses that we have. But at the same time, there's always someone out there who's gone so much further than we go, despite the fact that they have even greater limitations than we had. And even if they're starting from such a worse place than where we start from, they just like, you know, have these amazing um, success stories that always prove to us that, you know, maybe we are just making excuses. And again, that goes back to the difference between luck versus readiness and maybe readiness, you know, a person who is ready to take advantage of every opening versus someone who, you know, says, I'm just not lucky. So maybe readiness is about calling bullshit on our excuses and being ambitious enough to get out of our comfort zones and out of our safety zones in order to really get more of what we want out of life and not just making excuses saying we can't change our outside circumstance. 
you know, because don't forget, when we avoid discomfort, when we try and make sure that discomfort doesn't happen, that's a very different sort of way of spending our energy versus seeking pleasure. What we do when we avoid discomfort is not the same thing that we do when we seek pleasure or when we seek success. They're two totally different things. So when we're only moving in the direction of avoiding discomfort, uh, we may not ever get the things that we want because we're just avoiding discomfort. So if you're living in a town that's so small that it's keeping you from finding anyone to love, why are you there? Are you truly stuck there or are you making excuses? Um, you know, and I'm not saying that we can't love the place that we're from. I just, for an example, one of my best friends in the world was born and raised in Madrid. But her family is Jewish and pretty religious. And it was important for her to raise her kids with Judaism. So for that, she needed to have a Jewish husband who also wanted to raise his kids Jewish and like kind of participate in a Jewish family with her. But in Madrid, there were like no Jewish men at all for her to meet. Now, my friend is badass. She has a joint degree in law and business, and she was some kind of diplomat working for like the foreign ministry in Spain. But since she really wanted a Jewish husband, she left her kick-ass job in Madrid and moved for a little while to Tel Aviv in Israel until she was able to find herself an awesome Jewish husband. And now they live together in Madrid because sometimes we have to go away for a while in order to get what we want, but that doesn't mean we can't eventually go back. And look, I totally get that some people really hate cities, but we can still live in nature or on a farm and be like 45 minutes outside of almost any big city. Or even if we hate being anywhere near big cities, the question is, do we hate that more than we hate not having love? You know, is being where you are worth missing out on opportunities in life, including the opportunity to have the love that you long for? And this question applies to everyone, and it's not only just about living in small towns. We always need to be on the lookout and asking ourselves where we're making excuses for not living at our highest potential. You know, that's a, another, we were talking about lists before. If we're going to make a list, that's a great list to take out. Like, where am I not... Where am I making excuses for not living at my highest potential? That's always a good question that we can ask ourselves and make a list and see if anything comes up. Um, but when it comes to people who are living in small towns, the question is, um, you know, do you really have to be there? Is there a way to maybe go somewhere else, somewhere else for a little while where you can have more opportunities to find the love you look for? And if you do really want to stay in the small town, you know, hey, that's great too. But as I was saying before, we just have to make our lives bigger. And when it comes to making our lives bigger... The time to get started is now because no one else is going to come along and make our lives bigger for us on our behalf. Uh, we're the only ones who are going to do it. So that's my advice for anyone living in a small town. Either go find maybe a bigger place where there are more opportunities to find lesbian love or get to work on making our lives bigger. The third frequently asked question that I'm going to answer here is how do we read the signals to know if someone is feeling the same way that we're feeling? And this is an interesting question. And here's the problem. Here's the problem why I think that some people miss the signals that they should be looking out for. The problem is that when we like someone, we really want them to like us back. And when we really want someone to like us back, the thing we tend to do is to look for evidence to see, to see that she likes us. It's like we look for proof that she likes us. We look for proof that she does like us the way that we like her. And sometimes when we do that, that includes making excuses for when she's either not paying attention to us or not texting us or not getting back to us or not being like as cool and attentive as we deserve to have the woman we like be with us if we're going to really be with her. But the truth is that, you know, when we want someone, we're pretty, we can often be afraid of rejection. 
because rejection sucks. It sucks not to get what we want. It sucks when someone we desire doesn't desire us back. It sucks not to get chosen. You know, all of that totally sucks, I know. But if someone doesn't want us, the best thing we can do is see that and recognize it as soon as possible. So that's why I always say one of the most important skills that we can hone for when we want to attract women is the skill of staying curious, curiosity. Instead of always sort of moving towards the person we like and trying to get her, sometimes it's better to sort of stand still or even to step back just just enough to see if she's coming towards us at all. Now that doesn't mean that we can't ever be the first one to reach out or the first one to text her. Of course, it's totally fine sometimes to be the first to reach out. But we definitely don't want to always be the first to reach out because if we're always moving towards the person that we like and if we're always the first one to reach out to her, we never get a chance to see how often she will initiate. And it's important for us to know how much she's moving towards us or how much she's initiating with us, like how much she's giving her energy to us in that way. It's an important question. Um, Around... 12 years ago, I met these two women like within the same couple of weeks. And one of them I kind of liked way more than she liked me. And the other kind of liked me way more than I liked her. So the one who wanted me more than I wanted her, she used to text me all the time. I was never the one to be the first to initiate a text with her. And it's not because I didn't want to reach out to her. It's because she never waited long enough for me to be the first to reach out to her. That's how up in my life she was. You know, it's, it's not that I didn't like her. I did like her. I, I totally wanted to hang out with her. But, you know, she reached out to me so much that all I ever was able to do was respond. And, you know, of course, if she reached out to me, I would text her back and we had fun together and all that and whatever. But I wasn't super into her. And, and, it, and, and she never backed off enough to really gauge where I was at. But on the other hand, there was that other woman who I met at the exact same time, and I liked her more than she liked me. But I didn't do the same thing that this other person did, the one who liked me more. I didn't do that. I didn't want to be like her. I didn't want to be the one who was always texting all the time and blowing up her phone before she had the chance to even miss me. So instead of reaching out all the time, I sort of had the sense that I that that I didn't that she didn't like me as much as I liked her, so I would let her be the one to reach out to me. And you know, I'd hear from her every few days and we'd make plans like once every 10 days. And you know, obviously it was obvious to me that this wasn't enough interest on her part for it to ever be a serious relationship. But I was approaching her instead of trying to make the instead of trying to make her into what I wanted from her, I approached her with curiosity. And I was able to just sort of accept her for who she is because you can't change people, right? I wasn't going to make this girl want me. She wanted me as much as she wanted me and that's it. That's all it was ever going to be. And I never felt rejected by her because she did reach out to me. You know, I saw her as much as I saw her. We had fun together. It's not true that she didn't like me. If she didn't like me, I never would have seen her. And I wasn't trying to change her and I wasn't trying to change our relationship into something it can never be. So instead of feeling rejected, I just felt like, okay, this is what it is, you know, and I'll find someone else to love me more because clearly she was never going to give me the love that I want and that's okay. You know, we have to know that if someone doesn't want us, that's okay because someone else is going to want us. And if someone doesn't want us, we're not going to change that because attraction is not a choice. Attraction isn't something that can be controlled or changed. We don't make attraction happen. We just feel into what, what's already true in another person. If someone's attracted to us, we can feel that and you know, we're only going to ever attract the women that are attracted to us. We can't convince someone to become attracted to us. So what we need to do is feel, be curious about what's already true and be totally cool with whatever the truth is. 
Because when someone does want us, it's easy and it flows. And when the connection is there between us and a woman we desire and when it's actually good, we don't have to try super hard because she's there and she wants us and it's hot. So when we're interested in someone, the best thing to do is lead with curiosity. And we can't be afraid of her not wanting us as much as we want her because hot lesbians are everywhere. And we're going to have everything we want from love in this lifetime. And it doesn't have to come from any one particular girl. You know, if, we, if there's someone and she just doesn't want us enough, that's cool. Like someone else is going to want us and it's totally fine. And if you want to hear more about this, I do talk about it a lot in my class, Magnetic Attraction for Lesbians. But in the meantime, I want to hear from you. If you like this question and answer format for the podcast, then let me know and keep sending me more questions and connect with me on social media if you haven't already. You can find me at Jordana.Michelle on Instagram and on Women Wanting Women on Facebook and my YouTube channel is called Jordana Michelle and you can find me there and leave questions on the videos there and I always answer the questions that people leave for me on my videos there. And if you're interested in finally finding the woman of your dreams, so you could be best friends who learn and grow together and share your dreams together and have adventures together and have passionate intimacy together, then there are free resources for you that can help on womenwantingwomen.com, including a guide to quickly and easily eliminating rejection from your life, a quiz to find out what qualities the woman of your dreams will find most attractive about you when you meet her, a quick guide to the three biggest mistakes most women make when coming out and how to avoid them, and a free matchmaking survey you can fill out in case I already know the woman of your dreams. All of that is free on my website at womenwantingwomen.com. And when you claim your free access to any of those things, you automatically become a Jordana Michelle Insider, which gives you instant access to an email training series I created to help you get on your game to finding your soulmate faster and easier and to help you grow the deepest possible love together once you finally do meet. Plus, you'll get exclusive content and special giveaways and some personal updates from me that I just don't share anywhere else. So go to womenwantingwomen.com and check it out for yourself and share it with any other LGBT women that you think can benefit from what I'm offering there. Until next time, keep remembering that hot lesbians are everywhere, that love is real, and that the woman of your dreams is on her way into your life in perfect timing. Thank you so much for listening, and I'll catch you next time on Women Wanting Women. Women.